Welcome to Security Sessions, brought to you by Compile. I'm your host, Dan Tagney, and today's the kickoff to season two. We have a great episode for you to watch. I have three great guests who are going to be discussing if 2024 will be the turning point for organizations to begin implementing best practices across the board when it comes to information security. We have with us Stash Brzezuka, CEO and founder of Compile, Will Kosofsky, who's the director of cybersecurity market strategy over at Stratascale, and our special guest today is Jeffrey Hancock, the CISO over at Access Point Technology, who seem to have an endless amount of knowledge to share with us on this topic. Also, stick around to the end as these guys share the events that they are not going to miss this year. Enjoy. Thanks everyone for being here today. I'm excited. We have a great panel with us to talk about, I think a really timely discussion. Jeff, I'd like to start with you. The question's kind of looming. Will this be the year where organizations and industries take a little more of a wider approach when it comes to cybersecurity? Given your experience and your network, are you noticing any areas of focus for when it comes to cybersecurity that are gonna be really prominent as we kind of move further into 2024? Um. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I think uh, uh, to answer your question, what I've seen and heard, especially in the last six months, is really around uh, boards slowing down, companies slowing down, not financially, not not running the business. But when it comes to security, instead of just throwing money at something and saying, you guys go deal with it, the CISO's in the closet, you know, like the CIO was in the closet 25 years ago, dealing with the email server. Now the CIO is an executive in an organization that's running a lot of this stuff. The CISOs, CISOs now are growing out of that. They're coming out of the closet, so to speak, of managing security in a, in a, you know, a quiet place. And they're becoming more visible uh, on boards, especially, you know, primary, the SEC ruling, the SEC rules and their response to solar winds has kind of gotten people moving a little bit. But the boards I've talked to, um, the business leaders I've talked to, they're, they're starting to slow down and say, wait a second now, we've, this is turning a tide, things are becoming more serious because of some of these potential legal issues, which I think will end in nothing, um, quite honestly. But I think that that's making CISOs think, that's making CIOs think, that's making boards and CEOs go, okay, how are we making sure we're measured when it comes to security? Our investments are clearer. We're actually getting a bang for the buck. Uh, and and, and it's, it's moving our company forward. It's not getting in the way. It's the same old adage. We've always had these questions in, in security as CISOs. But it's it's becoming more prominent now because again the SEC rulings kind of put everybody on notice. The ransomware noise that's been going on for the last few years uh, has made people say, okay, well, honestly, you know, defensive cybersecurity operations isn't working. Uh, we need to be more proactive, and people are starting to think about what that means. But to do that, you've got to slow down and change your perspective. So, I think I think we'll see a slowdown in the um, the busyness of cybersecurity. Uh, for CISOs and for boards and a much more analysis from boards, which means in my opinion, which means CISOs are going to need to slow down and look at the business side of what's going on. How am I communicating to the business? How do I translate my security operations to business value, business challenges? The same old adage, same old conversation we had for 15 years, but it just needs to rely on CISOs who are mature and have experience. That's, that's, I mean, I can't say it any other way. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm seeing something similar, like that kind of along the same line. I like the idea of the claw, like, you know, it used to be a mushroom, just sit back there and, <laughs> and like, hey, this is your problem and throw the stuff over the fence and the, the CISO grows. But yeah, I, I've, I've, we're encountering a lot of businesses now where, um, 
you know, we've always talked about, you know, the security, at least those of us in leadership positions who kind of understand the business that, hey, if you're going to implement this technology, there's business process around it. There's risk appetite. There's, you know, how are you going to, you know, what's the process going to be? How are you going to manage this? There's organizational change management, right? Which, which a lot of times, and in fact, I had, you know, somebody talking today in one of my meetings about, um, you know, hey, we're building in organizational change management into this project because that you need your organization to adopt what's going to happen. You need to really think about what you're doing. You're not just throwing money at this technology. And uh, the client at the time even said, you normally I'd tell you to get that shit out of here. But no, I know this is our problem. Like, I know our problem is like, you can't just put the tech in place and be like, oh, that's going to solve everything. Um, and I, I love the, the SCC reference. I, I, I like the fact that um, you can't just, it's not a checkbox anymore. You actually have to, now how you say it and what you say is, right. kind of, is all completely up to you. <laughs> but at the end of the day, they all know that investors and, and shareholders are going to look at it and go, what does this mean? Do I really, you know, how much do I want to, you know, not, not me, yep. the individual guy who's going to buy three or four shares, but, you know, especially yep. somebody who's looking to acquire or take a major stake in it, they're going to probably scrutinize things a little bit more and care about what's actually written in there. Yep. So yep. if you can't, if you're going to be all fluffy and and non, non, uh, non-descript, then uh, that's going to hurt your value. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I think real quick to add on to that, using the SEC and the Solar Winds example, the responses at Solar Winds, and I know this is so they're a great guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the response that he was given to give to the SEC right, yeah. <laughs> was very um very tactical, in my opinion. It was very, oh yeah, we're doing this, oh yeah, we're doing that. And I get it, right? The problem we've got in the community is people look at cybersecurity as one of the 12 or 14 tactical disciplines, and they report on, yeah, we've information access is great, we're all doing good, but the board doesn't care. Customers don't care. What customers care about is, are you aligning what your security posture is to the business? And one of the main ways of doing it is like the NIST security framework. Yeah. Because again, it's not technical. Um, it's very business oriented. It's how, how it was written, how it's also being edited right now. Uh, but using that, I think, is going to come to the forefront of how boards communicate to shareholders and how mm-hmm. systems need to understand what am I doing and how it aligns strategically to the yep. business. So. I think it's yeah. a, a good thing. Yeah, so that's we'll talk all day about NIST. Yeah, and I was literally, <laughs> literally, I was literally going to talk about the NIST, the version two point That's well it's supposed to come out uh, next month. Um, but the whole the new section on governance, right? It's all it's all about uh, responsibilities in the organization that you can't just brush them off anymore, and that yeah. someone actually is going to be responsible for it. At the end of the day, someone's going to be holding a bag. So it's just going directly back to your. Yeah. Uh, let, let me be facetious for a minute. How yeah. long did it take for NIST to get? To start working on 2.0 and release it versus CMMC coming up with an idea and still not doing anything. Well, CMMC <laughs> is actually—it's actually relaxed. It's, it's actually relaxed its uh, requirements, right? I mean, now yeah. they're they're a lot softer than they were when they yeah. first came out. But NIST—I mean, NIST is going. Pre- I mean, the last update was 2018. The next update—I mean, five years is still a long time. But in the <clears throat> frameworks world, it's pretty quick. That's uh, so, that, that's that's faster than ISO twenty seven thousand one. Uh, yeah, well, that's agreed. we're twenty thirteen, and then yeah, twenty twenty two. Twenty two. Yeah. yeah. So it, no, as, a side note, as a side note, regarding NIST, the CSF. So I've been involved in that since two thousand twelve when it was right. developed. Yeah. Um, and then all the the workshops that in two thousand thirteen that took fourteen months went to every one of those. Um, I'm part of the team that's edited the first couple of versions, and literally, you know, I live in Virginia, so. The NIST offices are 40 miles from my house. Mm, wow. um, so we're going through all the feedback that we've gotten from everybody and going through the governance piece, trying to tweak it and change it and modify it. Um, 
the goal is to have it done by uh, before RSA. So folks will be able to talk about it at RSA to some degree. Um, yeah. It's on track. I mean, we're working on it. You know, I was looking at it last night, the latest, one of the latest sections that we're trying to edit down and make easy. Um, and it's a lot of data. I mean, it's good. It's needed for sure. Uh, one of the interesting things about that is doing the crosswalk uh, to that to CIS 18. So again, because of my experience in the industry, I've, I'm an advisor to CIS, Center for Internet Security, and I've been working with the critical controls since they were called the Consensus Audit Guidelines, actually, <laughs> way back in like 2008. Um, but we're actually, there's a team actually trying to map those controls to create that crosswalk. So you've yeah. got CIS 18 as an operational set of mm -hmm. standards for CISOs, and you've yeah. got the CSF as the business justification process for security operations. Those two things, I think, will continue to align really well if CISOs are able to focus on the value proposition of each and then how that how they present the data from a metric standpoint, from an operational standpoint, all that thing. So that's well, we had a lot of traction in SpiderWeb from the CIS into like if somebody's coming in tactically, looking mm -hmm. at things that way. And then we're, you know, when we ask a few questions about how the business is being secured and how things what we can we can push them into NIST and then um, kind of open eyes a lot of times. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It makes it practical and understandable. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's if the CISO knows uh, knows how to bridge that gap and actually support, speak to the board about. Uh, or you just like I just be like, hey, just introduce. We'll just take just you know we'll go we'll go take the the fodder the bullet fire for you. Yep. <laughs> well, that, that's one of the things, Stas, that I, I was curious about. You know, twenty twenty three for one thing, it wasn't short of was uh, you know big names and headlines and breaches. You know, we had uh, twenty three and Me with uh, six point nine million users uh, affected. Uh, MGM resorts, uh, and we could just keep naming them. And we're certainly going to see more in 2024, right? But I'm curious to Jeff's point, um, CISOs are are required now, it seems, to be more aligned with uh, being a business enablement uh, kind of tool. How are you thinking, Stas, in 24 are going to be some effective ways CISOs are going to be able to report consistently to board members so businesses can make better decisions um, when they're kind of approaching maybe new opportunities. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I think the first thing that they're going to need to do is they're going to need to define their SLAs and KPIs, which is easier said than done. Um, once those are established, they need to be moving off of Excel and, and not relying on people and their memories uh, and filling in Excel sheets and reporting on, the, on those KPIs and SLAs. Um, all of these things um, the industry has been working towards for quite a while, but it, it's still not there. I mean, I was literally on a call earlier today where they were showing me their operational um, their operational um, readiness checks every every week, and they're all manual. Uh, it's a manual Excel sheet that people update and send out. Um, but uh, in in terms, I mean, the SEC ruling is um, it's definitely a step in the right direction. I think ultimately this is where we're going anyways. Like with uh, the FCC, they require that all publicly traded organizations have to report their uh, their positions and their uh, um, and any you know any incidents or faults that they might find while trading. It's the same thing that happened on the on the security side as well. I mean, the writing's on the wall. It's just how long it's going to take for that to happen. Um, but uh, what Jeff is on now is like the, with the NIST revisions and the CIS version eighteen. If there is a standard set of frameworks and regulations that everyone can agree to and work towards, then I think that will that will solve a lot of the immediate issues that we're seeing today. I, I like the KPI and metric side because 
that's something that CISOs can leverage um, for, especially for if you're in a mature organization where is what you have to do is you have to look at the business goals. The business is going to have some three or five year plan. That's got some big lofty, you know, arbitrary, not arbitrary, but a big lofty goal they want to achieve in their industry. And then if you can tie back, okay, well, we're going to do these three things that are going to, you know, it's going to impact this, it's going to produce this, and that's going to help drive the business to achieve goals, A, B, and C and work backwards from that then that's a way to one, secure your funding. And two, if you go and ask for, hey, what are those those KPIs and metrics for the business? And they don't have them. <laughs> yeah. And then they, then you've, got, you've got bigger problems because, I mean, yeah, we're, we're all security professionals, but if your business doesn't know what it's supposed to be doing or how it's measured, um, then that's a conversation <laughs> you should have also. But it's also for their compensation as well, right? I mean, if, yeah, you, can exactly. those, if you can stick to those metrics and also like COA, like, um, then it's it's a win-win for everybody, right? Um, it's just again, it's easier said than done to actually develop those metrics. Yeah, for those of us in consulting, like that's the yeah, we we what is it we need to do? Okay, we know exactly how <laughs> this is how we all get paid. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good point in, in helping try to determine what you just said. <clears throat> well, like going to the business owners saying, here's your three-year plan or your 12-month plan, even. Um, mm -hmm. here's where you, I, I understand where you want to go as a CISO. Here's some things that'll help enable you to get there. That's that's one um, like programmatic. Here's what's coming. But today, to keep the lights on, Mr. CEO, mm -hmm. I need to get everybody on the same multi-factor. I need to get <laughs> identity access management tools in place so we know who's logging Not in. Not have where four different right EDR tools, whatever. Exactly. <laughs> and I need to hire four people to be able to make maintain and manage monitor all of this for our ten thousand employees, right? Yep. And there's a cost of to your to your point, Staz, like what the metric of today's operation versus mm -hmm. here's what's coming because the business wants to grow in that direction. And here's what we have to do to help them. So there's kind of two different tracks there. Yeah. Uh, but I think it, that's important distinction so people don't lose sight of you know how IAM can impact your business today and in the future as you grow and do M and A. Right. You buy yeah. somebody else. You buy something else. Whatever the case may be. So yeah, uh, definitely causes a challenge. Yeah, M and A strategy. Your zero. Like if you don't have a zero trust strategy. Like you're just like kind of trying to do it. You're just going to spend more money on it, right? Like have those things in place so that, yeah, sure, we can't convert everything now. It's going to take time. And that's what most things, not just zero trust, right? There's a journey involved here. Yep. Let's go ahead and map that journey out. So, and let's tie it to the business goals. Yep. yep. For sure. Yep. Jeff, I, I'm, I'm curious from your perspective. Um, in the last couple of years, there's just been this like, you know, major insurgence of automation in the security field. Um, I'm curious, not necessarily the specific tools that you've used or liked or haven't liked, but the areas where you have seen bringing automation in uh, to be very effective and maybe areas that you've seen it maybe not so effective. Sure. So, uh, gosh, <clears throat> my reference point comes from, um, so in the last 20 years, I've built or run 36 socks, things from the Pentagon sock to large Intel sock to everything from the couple of million dollars and four people to 110 people and $200 million a year to run sock size. So when the automation conversation comes in, man, we've been talking about that for decades. It seems like, right. There's a few federal agencies. I know firsthand who are eons ahead of where industry is when it comes to automation and security and it, and they're not sharing and for the mm -hmm. rightly so for their reasons. And I get it. Um, but to your point, what I've seen, especially in the last five, six, seven years, there's been a lot of 
um, use of oh yes we're we're AI enabled and this was like five six eight years ago and I you don't you're not AI enabled you can't you don't understand what it means to be AI enabled from a product st standpoint what you are is actually machine learning you've developed some mm -hmm. programs and processes for, again so from a sock guy's perspective as a CISO being pitched hey this is a great EDR tool and we've it's it's our new AI feature and I can't tell how many times I've taken those apart and and realized that no it's not really AI. But to get specifically to your question, I've seen people who try to sell or go in a direction of AI for um, identity access management and fail miserably. I think there's some challenges there. I think they can be overcome, but a lot more operational focus needs to be put in what the standards and metrics are for identity access management and how you want to automate that to some degree. Mm -hmm. On the flip side of that, so I think that's kind of an outlier and kind of like people are trying, but they're not there yet. On the other side of that, Man, I've automated um, threat feeds, response to threat intel. So, you know, cyber intelligence is the big mm -hmm. umbrella, and you've got, you know, specific threats underneath that and how mm -hmm. in your process of, you know, your cyber intelligence process um, and how that works. Automating that process, yeah, that's, that's really something that speeds up from a SOX guy's perspective. Okay. And that's something that really gets it in the gear, right? You're able yep. to cut out the noise as much as possible, which is still a challenge and will be. But you're able to narrow down what you need to respond to, what you don't need to respond to, uh, how you need to protect your systems. Um, it works. It works well, and I think I've seen maturity, actual maturity in that. I still don't call it AI. I just call mm -hmm. it more mature machine learning. Um, I think on the AI front, I think we're still ten years out from actually really seeing artificial intelligence helping run security. Yeah, we we we. I've been in places like like I, exactly you said, machine learning decades ago, right? That's mm -hmm. part of just threat hunting and validation and and just reducing the noise. Um, and, and I've seen it now where we, we do use, I mean, it, it's technically AI to kind of reduce, you know, the, the direction now is to remove like as much of that tier one, like level, that first mm -hmm. call, that first response, that first investigation, all of that stuff, that initial triage down, I, and, you know, some are, I, I know, I know some are doing it successfully. I've seen it pretty successful. There are some good tools out there. Um, but yeah, the idea of doing it with something as complicated as identity and access management is still a long ways off. And I think if we think about AI, the same way we think about just, it's just automation. It's just smarter automation. Right. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and those, those folks who aren't sharing, I know why, cause I was there again, <laughs> decades ago when we were automating stuff with, you know, SIM and uh, certain, you know, rules and things would happen and you, but you had to code it all. Like there was no tool for it. Like right. you, it was all writing custom code specifically for that instance, this thing to happen. So it's a lot of work. So even if they are sharing it, it's probably not even applicable to everybody. Right. Yep. So yep. it's all very, very specific, but yeah, I, I think most of the stuff that we're seeing now is all based on that initial triage and making, and just kind of, it goes back to kind of what we said earlier about the the CISO or the organization being more thoughtful, and that also means being efficient and cost effective. Mm -hmm. And then that means making sure that the few people that I have, and few could mean two for some and 200 for others, but you want them working on the most important, impactful things. You want their brain that you're paying for to be using as much as it is and not doing sort of the mundane tasks if you can automate that out. And so that, that's, that's kind of where we are today, I think. I, I think that makes a lot of sense because I think, you know, Jeff, to your point, like identity access management could be a real challenge and you would have to get really into the organization to understand their exact processes and how, you know, 
one layer or one one set of employees is using certain uh you know maybe tools versus another set but you know staff something we generally stumble on is even just the evidence gathering piece you know not the less complex side of it but uh but still a ton of effort and resources that it takes um and you know the struggle to even just get the the evidence gathering to be accurate um i'm curious your perspective on the automation yeah. the good and the bad i mean the the biggest thing that uh, like i keep coming across is that all these companies still have they have a lot of products uh they have a lot of products running in the organization there's a lot of redundancies nothing's interconnected uh, and if you have a small team, they're not going to have the resources to manage all these all these different platforms. So they're all going to be shelf. I mean, the vast majority of them are going to be shelfware at that point. Um, the um, the evidence collection piece of this is uh, very difficult for organizations as well, because a lot of the times they're not keeping up with what they're supposed to be doing in the first place. So when they do get audited for whatever reason, the, the name of the game is bury the auditor, right? So they'll bury the auditor <laughs> with the information that they have on random stuff. Uh, the auditors can't make any sense of what's actually going on and what's being presented to them, either because they're not technical, they're not based or whatever it is. So it's a lot, there, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors going on in, um, in the security space still and even from the audit from the audits as well um, i think what i think where ai can be very useful for this type of stuff is to be able to is to be able to go through a lot of evidence collection and being able to make extra tales out of it mm -hmm. if it even looks like the right document or what's in the document just being able to summarize that huge collection of data for uh, you know, for whoever's looking at it, I think that that would be very useful. That still requires training and that's more machine learning at this point than AI still, but it's not, I don't see that being done at the moment. Um, yeah, and uh, again, there's not a lot of platforms that connect all this data together. So until that happens, um, we're still, I think we're still gonna see a lot of, like Jeff, I fully appreciate that, um, you know, SOC has moved on uh, you know, leaps and bounds from where it was, um, but it's, yeah, there's there's still other aspects that are just not not, not connected to it, right? Like identity yes. <laughs> not connected to it. Uh, EDRs, depending on what they are. Um, yep. Um, it that's where I, like a single pane of glass is really what I think is uh, still missing <laughs> in the industry. And then if you were to put actual AI over over top of it because it's been trained long enough. I think we'll see some real results, but I think we're still away from that. Yeah, the sock I, I you said the the socks the socks evolve, right? It's not what it used to be. Sim's not what it used to be because of all the stuff that's coming out. Oh, and now we have data lakes. So, you know, I say <laughs> now like that's new, but you know what I mean? Like we're just gonna put it all in the data lake and find but, it. So that's true, right? I mean, like yeah. you like like even like something like Docker, right? Like you're like, oh, like great, I like managed to secure like all these app services, and like we're going really specific here, but like we managed to secure all these app services and we have all the right controls and you know, we're 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 totally secure. And then someone's like we should try using Docker because Docker provides us like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, all right, now we have to rebuild these entire, like this entire new SDLC process around this. And like this type of stuff requires a lot of work and a lot of, you know, a lot of knowledge to be able to put in place. Like, um, and technology is just moving so fast mm -hmm. um, that it's, it, it's just really difficult, especially if you're a resource constraint or resource constraint, which pretty much everyone is. And to your point about like, as a CISO, <clears throat> The, the challenge has always been in building socks has always been reducing the amount of tools yeah. in your sock. Right. Yeah. So I yeah. can go, I, I've, you know, over the years, certainly I've, I've worked with a bunch of CISOs and CIOs and their socks trying to help reduce all the products, all the tool sets and streamline operations. Yeah, man, the whole, I don't remember the first time I heard 
single pane of glass. It had to have been like 2009, 2010. Yeah, we're gonna get everything out of like yeah, get everything out of single pane of glass, and you're gonna love it. Like yeah, yeah. Well, back when Splunk was just a log tool. <laughs> right. Yeah, 2010. I had done maybe 15 socks at that point wow. in my time. Um, and I was like, yeah, you're never gonna get to single pane of glass. There's no chance. Just with okay, the, now the it's even tools. worse. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And Staz, you, you nailed it, right? I think there's the integration piece and not having having enough staff. Why does this tool from Palo Alto not work with this firewall tool over here that comes from Rapid7 that comes and what about checkpoint? And now I've got Sentinel. And what am I doing with and it's just that's too exactly much. It. That's yeah. uh, that's that's you know, I mean, that's how I make our money. It's like, hey, look, Mr. Client, you need you you need the single like you need the data, you yep. need to make decisions. Yep. Just send us all that crap. We deal with all the tools, like, you know, and, and yeah, I'm not pitching, yeah. but like, that's, that's why services exist. That's why SOC, you know, service providers, managed services yeah. companies tool, you know, because even like, even if you try to put all that stuff in yourself and try to build out, you know, whatever special, like if you, most MSSPs have some type of proprietary IP that is not useful to a single SOC, right? If it's not something that like, Oh, if I'm going to go, if I have my own business, I'm going to, I'm going to code this thing to, because they're not dealing with multiple socks, but, or but dealing with all those multiple socks and all that multiple technology and being able to take all that intelligence and use all that together. You know, that's why the service provider industry even exists. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah and I think that's yeah. where the, the, the need for, and it's coming, it's, it's, that's being developed is a common cyber operations framework. Mm. That's more how CISOs should run a SOC. What do you, you, everybody knows your priorities are, but how are you integrating these pieces? Why these pieces, not those pieces? How do you prioritize it? So essentially at the end of the day, you develop a cyber operation engine that runs and it's yeah. it's clean and clear. And, and, and we're talking more granular, like beyond MITRE, so to speak. Um, MITRE is a component of it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So okay. being able to gather the data in, but then how are you going to run your SOC where you're taking in cloud information and inside of threat programs and minor yeah, data side. and how do you do that right uh and it's being we're working on something now to try to help define what an enterprise and that's not the right word but yeah. an enterprise security operations framework looks like for CISOs to help understand where do i plug things in and mm -hmm. how do i prioritize what's most important do i need the forensics team no not really it's important but you don't need it right now you can always outsource it but you definitely need cyber intelligence yeah, yeah it's sort of a it's a way to take uh i look at it as a risk assessment but you know where you're looking at okay i've got x amount of capability in-house yeah. or budget that i can spend what things do i need to do but also right. i need to have these other things available to me when the time is right and yep. you know depending on the complexity because then you're like okay what is hr doing and do we have an insider risk program or mm -hmm. are we using you know uh you know where are we in the cloud like all of those different things sort of feed into um that decision making process for sure so exactly the, the value yeah. there but you also have to take into account right if we're going to do something in-house like what happens if that person leaves is there a key man risk is there a key man risk uh there like documentation man everybody yeah. does documentation oh, yeah. everybody, everybody asset loves... two things businesses do great yeah yeah <laughs> yeah documentation and asset management the two things that every, every business does so well well I, thought, <laughs> well I thought you said your resolution was no more lying <laughs> I don't make resolutions. I am what I am. Before um, before I let the three of you go, uh, and Will, I'm going to start with you. I want to know uh, what 
is the uh event or conference or dinner that you're looking most forward to this year uh industry oh. will industry wise what's one you're not going to miss uh this year let's see um i i for me gartner security summit is always my favorite i get more from that than i do rsa or black hat or anything um that's just kind of i it's, it's kind of me, I think. Well, I don't think it's in general. So that's probably the one. Um, also, I'll probably try and speak at that one this year again. So um, I would say that the, that's probably the one I'm targeting. Where's that one? So I think it bounces between National Harbor and D.C. Yeah, it's Sometimes it's been in, it's been, it was in Florida one year, for, uh, but I think yep. it's still at National Harbor, yep. which is also convenient for me. I don't have to get on a plane. So, <laughs> uh, Jeff, how about yourself? Um undetermined at this point i think there's uh you know i'm reluctant to go to rsa um just because i've been there so many times it's just the same spiel and i get it but yeah it just doesn't there's nothing there i'm much more um i think now in my career i'm much more looking for the smaller events where i can sit down with a bunch of CISOs and have a conversation and camaraderie and just what's going on you know how can i help or how can you help me or whatever the case may be um and there's a lot of smaller ones so i've actually got someone developing this year's 2024 list of you know the top 15 big events in the u.s Mm -hmm. for cyber and then the top 30 smaller uh, mid-sized events regional events i think i'm going to try and focus on more of those this year just because um i there's more people who have needs right and the conversations aren't hey buy this tool hey uh do this new thing hey uh let's do a shark tank yeah Right. I've read my white paper. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to kind of steal you because I'm, I'm in the process of building like our CISO advisory board thing. And that's something like, right. I don't know if we'll have it done this year, but those, those are the best when you can get like your, for us in the industry, like get your clients together, you know, yep. the CISOs that work, you work with the closest and get their feedback. And, you know, for me being able to talk about, oh, here's what we're seeing in the market. What do you guys see in the market? Here's exactly. what we're build in the future. What do you think about that? Does that work? Like that to me is the most fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Sorry, Stas. Cut you off. No, right. no, talk about. <laughs> How about yourself, Stas? What, what are you looking forward? I to? only have one on the. I only have one on the cards right now, and that's the only one that I'm going to. And it's in February, and uh, it's um, well, a friend of mine hosted, who's a CISO now. Uh, it's called CISO Masterminds. It's in Florida this year. Um, it's a smaller event, um, but everyone's a CISO or former CISO. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that's. I'm like I've, I've st- like just like with like Jeff and Will like I, well. Maybe not so much well, but like I'm not going to RSA and like I'm not going to go to Black Hat. Like there's just I've done it, I did it. I don't need to do it again. Um, yeah. So I'm, and, yeah, taking a page out of Jeff's book and just going to smaller events. Yeah, I can yeah. get salespeople to buy me liquor here. I don't need to go. Right. To I can buy myself liquor. It's fine. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where are you located, Will? Uh, I'm uh, just north of uh, I'm, I'm I'm in central Pennsylvania, so I'm about two hours from where you are. Probably. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm near Leesburg, so. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We can get together and have a drink anytime you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Well, um, I really do appreciate uh, the three of yours' time. This is great, uh, great conversation, and uh, we'll certainly have to um, have another one in the future. Thank you for being here. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks everybody. You guys. Take care. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye.